You're listening to episode number 21 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Mark Snowden, author, blogger, and leader of Snowden Ministries. Our conversation is about orality and missions, but unlike most conversations that address this topic in the context of work outside of the West, we turn our attention to orality and disciple-making in North America. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. One of the things that in the world of missions that we have started talking about, and rightly so, is the issue of orality and oral learners. But for the most part, um, those conversations have uh, have been taking place outside of North America. They've been taking place uh, in the majority world context. However, uh, I've got a guest today with us on on the on the program who has been making a very strong case uh, and a very important um, and having a very important conversation about the issue of orality within uh, a North American context and, and, and even specifically in the United States as well. And, and so today on Strike the Match, I have uh, have with us Mark Snowden. Uh, Mark is the leader for Snowden Ministries. Uh, he is a blogger at truthsticks.us. And uh, back in 2010, he co-authored a book with, with Avery Willis, the late Avery Willis, and the book is titled Truth That Sticks, How to Communicate Velcro Truth in a Teflon World. Mark is uh, he's a world-class Bible storying trainer. He has, uh, he's worked with many uh, of the pioneers in, in, in Bible storying and orality issues uh, in this field. Uh, he actually developed an oral Bible for use among a predominantly Muslim uh, people in, in Central Asia. And so uh, today we're, we're privileged to have him uh, with us in this conversation uh, as we think about this topic of, of orality within, uh, within the United States. Uh, and so, uh, Mark, I just want to say, man, thanks for being with us and welcome to Strike the Match. Thanks, J.D. It's good to be with you. So tell me, how long have you been involved in this world of, of orality and Bible storying and things of that nature? Well, at the risk of dating myself <laughs> terribly, <laughs> uh, actually, I got training on this from uh, J.O. Terry and Jim Slack and some guys from New Tribes Mission back in 1992. I, I know the Earth's crust was just hardening <laughs> at that moment in time, but we really were thinking that this is something that was going to work just among purely primary oral learners, those that had never read, were never influenced by literate thought at all, and we found out that it went far beyond that. And really in 2004 is the watershed event where all of that changed with um, a Lausanne meeting in Pattaya, Thailand that created the book that's called Making Disciples of Oral Learners. I had the opportunity to be the facilitator for that, and it was wonderful to see that resource start moving out of just the primary oral world and into secondary oral learning, into those of us that are highly literate, but can have an oral learning preference. There's a, that, I mean, that, that book in 2004, I mean, that's a really, really excellent work, um, Making Disciples of Oral Learners. I want, I want to encourage you guys that are listening to, to get a copy of that. Um, and we're going to talk about your book in just a second, Mark. But um, you, you've, you've mentioned some words already, and, and I have as well, that may be um, 
strange words to some of our listeners, especially those that are serving within the United States, serving churches, uh, maybe they're in, uh, in, in the academy, and uh, the, you know, they're, they're, they're serving the Lord faithfully, they're, they're members of their churches, they're involved in outreach and things of that nature, but we've talked about things just in just uh, you know, three minutes. Uh, we've, we've said words like orality, we've said words like primary oral learners, secondary oral learners. Let's just start by kind of defining some terms. When we talk about orality, what does that mean? Orality has been a frame of thinking, a, a framework of thinking. It's been a, um, a, a presentation uh, style that helps people really be able to learn quicker, faster, better, because God wired all of us for stories. Orality has been a, um, a, a form of study uh, throughout the centuries. So this is not actually something new, but it's like something that we've rediscovered. Jesus did storytelling, if you would, with his parables, because what he did was just not telling a nice fable or yarn. Mm -hmm. Hey, how about that sower going out to sow those seeds? How about, you know, um, I don't know, any of the other stories that he told, the guy building the tower— but he helped people be able to vicariously walk around in the story to look at a truth and then be able to apply it to their lives. We see it in Jesus's day, and that same approach works today. J.D., if I came up to you and I said, hey, J.D., did you hear the story about? Well, you're right there. I mean, you know that I'm going to tell a joke or I'm going to have something Mm -hmm, that you really, really want to hear. And I don't have to say, once upon a time in a land far, far away. We don't have to do any of that, but we can just say, hey, did you hear the one about, and we know something's coming. Mm-hmm. Well, when, instead of talking about, hey, how about them St. Louis cards? How about those Kansas City Royals? You can actually say, you know, that reminds me of a story. Bang. And then you're into actually scripture that's more and beyond just one verse that you're going to exegete, but you literally can talk about Joseph or any of the 500 to 700 Bible stories that Scripture provides to us. So, anyway, so let me all right, so let me ask a question on that on that note. So, so what? So then, who? What is an oral learner then? I mean, when we if that's what oral, orality is when, when we say oral learner or oral learners. I mean, what what does yeah, that it's, mean? It's simply just a preference. It's, okay, it's pre- a preference of, of learning, of learning, of communicating, and of processing and thinking. That's the orality world that's all around us. Those that are millennials, those are uh-huh. of that age group in America that are like you know in their mid thirties and younger right now. They are more oral because they've been surrounded by this three-dimensional world of, of video and poetry and, and recordings, and even what they're texting is, is, is not really the literacy that we find in the Bible. And they are not used to learning except for what is required. Jobs have what you know is required for literacy to be able to do, mm-hmm. to get their paycheck. But after they go home at night, the vast majority of Americans do not have anything to do with the literate world. They don't enjoy learning by reading. They would much more interact orally uh, with people or be able to um, interact with videos or audio or, you know, even like what we're doing right here with the, the podcast. So, 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 the issue, so the issue on orality and oral learners isn't necessarily an issue of someone who is illiterate, right? Meaning they can't read. 
Exactly. We're finding that some of the strongest uh, Bible studies using storying uh, going on, using an oral approach, are on college campuses. I mean, wow. college campuses are, have the most literate people, in theory, uh-huh. than uh, any other realm of society. But they're starving for relationships. And being able to tell a story and then kick it around for application and meaning, oh, it's like pouring water in the in a parched desert the 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 flowers begin to bloom the uh, grass begins mm-hmm. to grow and the word of god spreads so now we we talk about primary and secondary oral learners can you just give us a quick definition of each of those or maybe you've already said that and i just kind of missed it no that's okay primary oral learners typically are those that have never seen a word they are truly illiterate in every sense of the way. A secondary oral learner is they may still have an oral preference, but they're influenced by, say, um, uh, radio programs where somebody is reading a script or by movies that are all, you know, Mm -hmm. taken from a a very literate script and are communicating. And we could even say when you tell a Bible story, it still has the script, if you would, behind it, even though it's not maybe told verbatim, they can still be able to uh, get the gist of the story much better hearing it uh, in in a told form rather than just simply being read to them. Um, One of the things I tell folks, J.D., is if you read a story, it's much tougher to tell it than hearing a story because your brain's constantly trying to look up the words. Mm -hmm. So so let's let's take a few moments and talk about about this book. So Truth That Sticks, How to Communicate Velcro Truth in a Teflon World. I love that subtitle. And I want to encourage those of you that are listening uh, to to get a copy of this book, Truth That Sticks. Uh, It came out in 2010. Um, Mark, what what is Truth That Sticks uh, all about? In 2003, just a few years before Avery Willis and I had the opportunity to write that book, the United States Department of Education came out with the facts that half of everybody in the United States did struggle with some type of literacy. They did away with the words functional orality and and illiteracy, uh, functional illiteracy and, and illiteracy. They talked about below basic and basic learners. And we found out, started finding out that only uh, one, well, we found out that one out of three college graduates struggles to be a proficient uh, reader. We've got all of this background, and we started finding out that people really do have a, a preference for learning orally. So why, what can we do to tap into all of these bi- Bible stories? 75% of the Bible is in oral form, and we've even got techniques on doing um, even the parts that are more rote memory or, or mm-hmm. much more like the epistles or Proverbs or Psalms. Um, but being able to share the Bible in a conversational way, a highly relational way, not only for evangelism, but for making disciples as well. And that's what the book basically provides is the nuts and bolts of not only how to do it, but why you should do it and what to expect along the way. So so you've got a, a five-year run behind you since, uh, since this, book, uh, this book came out, Truth That Sticks. Uh, what what has been uh, reception? I may I just ask it that way. What what has been the reception to this book? Has it been a warm reception? Have churches been cold or people uh, skeptical? I mean, what, what what have the past five years looked like? It's been an interesting run. 
Um, we have, my wife and I have started a ministry since then that is providing curriculum. It seems weird to go to print, but we've provided curriculum <laughs> for Bible study leaders to be able to help them transition Sunday school classes to being far more interactive, mm -hmm. more of an inductive approach, and also allowing them to not only get the story, but be able to share it. Um, it's been interesting to see how church planters have gone from one group to six groups in a year. Uh, it's been interesting to watch um, Sunday school leaders say, you know, this stuff is just like a keg of dynamite because I share a Bible story, which only takes three to five minutes. And I was terrified what I was going to do for the next 45 minutes, say, of, of Sunday school. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm, I'm pushing them out the door to get to worship in time. And mm. we've got people, I, I've experienced it as well, where if you share a Bible story, rather than debating someone or presenting propositional truth that way in very terse formats, then people will engage it and walk around it and discover the truth of themselves. Uh, I really am finding through this orality, oral technique uh, uh, John 16, what is it, sixteen thirteen, coming alive, where Jesus said, I will give the Holy Spirit to you to guide you into all truth. And I'm finding that to be extremely true because the Holy Spirit is work. Responsibility for learning transfers from the teacher to the class members or to the participants in a small group. Mm -hmm. And being able to see small groups be able to take this and really catch it really does make a difference. We're finding small groups are more quickly able to reproduce because they're raising up apprentices and they're they're being you know mentored by their teachers. And then after a certain amount of time, when the Lord moves, then they and another couple start another small group. And churches are no longer being confined by how many classrooms they have, but how many corners of a classroom they can get into, or even better yet, how many homes this can be done, or how many workplaces this can be done, or Mom's Day Out programs, or any of these other things where people are able to share a story very conversationally and be able to have God's Word coming out of their mouth rather than uh, the latest and greatest uh, that's hitting pop culture. So you so you see this, the whole issue of, of, of storying uh, the Scriptures, you see this as not just an evangelistic approach, an evangelistic strategy, but you're finding that it's a way to also teach believers. Is that correct? Uh, I have to smile at one thing here, J.D., because when we started doing the training from the book, everything had been done kind of in a missions and evangelism environment yeah, in the right. past. And Truth Sticks allows us to make disciple makers. And that whole approach has been fascinating to me because all of a sudden I look up and I've got Sunday school superintendents, ministers of education, children's leaders, preschool leaders, all trying to get a handle on how to be more effective in communicating God's Word so that it literally, like the subtitle says, sticks, becomes part of people's lives, and they can then go and share it in their everyday walks. So so what about the person out there that, that's that's skeptical on the, on the note of saying, well, you know, that's that's all good for the children's Sunday school class. I mean, Bible stories, that's, that's children's kind of, kind of stuff. I mean, how do you respond to something like that? Well, first of all, I know that um, this is not a magic bullet. 
This is not one size fits all. I know that in some churches, some uh, folks, they they have resisted it. But I have found if the it, it's almost directly proportional. The more people are committed, and followers of Jesus are committed to be as reproducible as possible and make disciples of all people, if they really will be committed to making disciples, then they cannot ignore this methodology. Not only is it another arrow in their quiver, mm-hmm. but they have the opportunity to have a real, a real solid biblical base of what doing what Jesus did, being able to go out and do the exact same thing in a very lost world. And we always are hearing these days about going counterculture. Right. This is something that is not only counterculture, but it is able to not only counter the culture, but provide them with a story that's stronger than the one they got from a movie mm-hmm. or or that they got from a, a texting from a friend or or some idea they got off of Facebook or or you know Instagram or, or te- a tweet or whatever they're able to really grasp God's truth for what it is and the Holy Spirit I believe really does either convict them of their sins or be able to really help them grow in their spiritual development and that's that's a real strong part of truth that sticks in the ministry that I've developed since it's yeah, how- I wanted you to, to tell us a little bit about Snowden Ministries we're doing training largely on Saturdays for a whole day. We will model what's going on. We have four learning zones. I even bring in a crossbow. I know it sounds crazy, but <laughs> we are trying to Are you just... practicing church discipline? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you don't behave, you'll be shot. No. <laughs> if you really are a good Christian, you can knock that apple off the top of somebody's head. No, no, no. We're not quite that far yet. But it's the idea of what do we do to really hit the target of making disciples, and then we talk about what does that look like in in our group. We also have the opportunity to talk about growing and spiritual growth. In the book, Truth That Sticks, uh, the late Avery Willis, who's with the Lord now, and I looked at what um, Willow Creek was doing with their reveal study and finding that they were doing a great job of being secret sensitive and getting people plugged into Bible study, but they did really lousy, raising up spiritual young adults mm-hmm. and spiritual reproducing parents. And what does that take to be able to turn outward from yourself and the latest and greatest Bible study to be able to say, wait a minute, there are people in need and and how can I minister to them in the name of Jesus? How can I share not only Christ, mm-hmm. but be able to meet need at the same time? And then to be a spiritual parent, very intentional about not only winning people or leading people to Christ, but seeing them grow in, in their walk and be able to make disciples of others as well. I, I literally have come to the conclusion, if you don't have people being saved, walking the aisle, if we call it, or coming to faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I I wonder if there's a discipling issue that's a problem there where people are not being, it's, it's all about them. They're the target of everything the church does, and they're spectators. It's a good, they don't good see that following Jesus is literally all about making disciples. And so, so te- so, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, not only being a disciple yourself, but making disciples of others. So, so tell us, um, uh, where are you online? Where, where, could, where can people find you and, uh, and, and connect with you? One of the easiest places is truthsticks.us. I have a blog site there. Uh, I'm also at um, snowdenministries at gmail.com. 
And then the other place that's very easy I'm posting all the time is on Facebook at uh, Truth Sticks. And uh, Truth Sticks on Facebook, I'm almost there daily reporting what people are saying to me, what we're hearing, testimonials, as well as tips, um, uh, you know, troubleshooting. I do training on a regular basis, and if you go to truthsticks.us, you can see the training, uh, my calendar of events that are, is on there, and you're welcome to attend. And I go all the way around the U.S. doing training. I was in Seattle uh, last fall in Oklahoma City. And um, let's see, I'm headed to Richmond, Virginia uh, this year. And um, I've got several other places as well in Missouri uh, where we're currently living. That's fantastic. My my guest uh, today on uh, Strike the Match uh, has been Mark Snowden, uh, co-author of the book Truth That Sticks, How to Communicate Velcro Truth in a Teflon World. I want to encourage you guys that are listening, uh, again, to get this book. It's, it's, a, it's an excellent book. Mark is on a, on, a, on a cutting edge issue here that is incredibly important for us today. Uh, I hope that, uh, that you will check out uh, uh, his blog. I hope that you'll check out uh, his resources that, that he has mentioned to you. And Mark, I just want to say, say thank you so much for giving up your time and being with us today on Strike the Match. My pleasure, J.D. Thank you very much. If I can help you or any of your listeners by providing something as simple as a catalog or being able to counsel or coach or whatever, I'm more than happy to do it. Thank you so very much. Guys, as you listen to him uh, on that invitation, I want to encourage you to take him up on that offer. Mark, you have a great day. Thank you, J.D. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.